the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Bud Elliott's College Football Summer School here on the Cover 3 podcast. Today, we are talking a little Oklahoma State. And for that, I'm bringing on my friend Cody Nagel of Go, Go Pokes 24-7. Cody, welcome to the show, man. Hey, bud. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So last year, kind of a, a weird year to cover this squad. A, a lot of injuries, a lot of just kind of strange stuff happening. Seven and five regular season. The, by the power numbers, kind of the worst team since 2014. And, and yet I feel like there's also some optimism for this season. Yeah, I think with with all the incoming transfers that they have, um, that kind of you know maybe makes things a little bit better. They kind of got rid of some, you know, maybe some distractions within the locker room. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, there's there's still optimism here that they can get this turned around. Um, you know, Mike Gundy hasn't had a lose, losing season since 2005, so he's he's obviously got something figured out that you know even when he does have down years, he's able to to bounce back and you know right the ship, so to speak. So offensively last year, they're looking back at my numbers, they, they were not as bad as I remember. I mean, this was like even with with with, uh, with the injury to the quarterback, they were still a top twenty-five, top thirty type offense on the whole. Obviously, Lou Spencer Sanders told Miss maybe some addition by subtraction there, but my notes say here, Alan Bowman, ellipse. What? Like what? How did they find? How did they settle on Alan Bowman, who really wasn't playing at Michigan? And what what does he look like so far? Yeah, when, when Spencer went into the portal and it was pretty clear that he wasn't coming back, um, they, they started to target some, some quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Um, they, they looked at Brennan Armstrong um, from Virginia and then eventually kind of out of nowhere settled on, on Alan Bowman. And, you know, to be honest, I think there was a lot of people that kind of forgot he was still in college. Um, you know, there was, there was some familiarity with him being at Texas Tech those two years um, in the Big 12. But, you know, when he goes to Michigan, everyone kind of forgets about him and he doesn't really play much at all there. 
So, you know, when, when he's the name that comes up, that he's the committed quarterback out of the transfer portal and probably the, the likely starter here next year, um, that was kind of a surprise to everybody for sure. You mentioned the likely starter. Is there really some chance somebody else other than, than Bowman could be the QB? I, I think the only one that's going to pressure him is Garrett Rangel. Uh, he was a true freshman last year, played a few games, actually started a few games, but, but really struggled. Uh, I think, you know, having a, a, another spring under his belt is going to help for sure. But, I, but again, I think just, just Bowman's experience, that's what they wanted. Uh, they didn't want to, you know, throw Rangel out there again and, you know, have him, you know, go downhill again. But I think with Bowman's experience, that's kind of what they're going to rely on. And I, I would expect him to be the starter next year. As far as the pass catcher, so Brennan Presley returns, but basically all of the other receivers who played last year are gone. Who would you expect to step up from the existing roster? And then they also went in the portal fairly heavily here. Which of the portal guys look like hits so far? And, and how will this lineup shake out? Yeah, for portal guys, Dijon Stribling from Washington State, I think that's the big name to watch. Um, and then Arlen Bruce on the fourth from Iowa. Um, he'll probably be a backup slot behind behind Brennan. Um, and then we'll eventually probably move into starting role once, once Brennan graduates after this year. But um, those are the two big portal additions. Um, they also got a, a division, I believe division three guy um, from George Fox, which I believe again is in Washington. Um, a school no one again had heard of, um, but he's a, a you know Division three All American, six three, um, really lengthy arms and, and body that can you know be a good pass catcher for them too if if they get injuries um, at that position like they've had in in, in the past years. Um, returners, um, like you like you mentioned, Brandon Presley is really the only guy that comes in with you know tons of experience. Um, Jaden Bray um, had some bright spots as a as a true freshman in twenty. Uh, 21, um, but was pretty much hurt all of last year. And then Talon Shetron, uh, former four-star recruits, I expect him to to get a bigger bigger role this season as well, too. So what is Mike Gundy's obsession? And I, I think it's kind of probably smart, but is it Gundy or does he have like a guy on his staff who loves watching FCS and, and D2? Because look at the coordinators he's hired over the years. Like, like he's not afraid to go down to really lower levels of, of ball. Like, What's the secret sauce there? Has he ever talked about it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I think he just has no fear of you know going and getting these guys that you know have no experience at the Power Five level. Like when he talked about you know the process that he went through to to hire a new coordinator, uh, he mentioned you know there was a few high school coaches that he was even looking at. I don't know if he ever interviewed them or, or how far they got in the process, but he even mentioned there were some high school coaches that he was looking at and. You know, for him to eventually settle on, you know, a guy from Division Two uh, and Brian Nardo coming from Gannon University, again, a, another school nobody had really heard of again. Um, I think, you know, it's there's some familiarity there with um, him being at Emporia State, which is up here in Kansas. Um, I think maybe there was some connections there. Um, uh, Joe Bob Clements, the linebackers coach here, uh, had, had coached at Emporia State for a while, too. So I don't know if there was some some sort of connection that, you know, somebody said, hey, there's this kind of up-and-coming defensive coordinator that you should look at, and maybe that was the connection. But, again, it it, it seemed pretty random to, to me. For sure. Is uh, is is Nardo going to run anything different than what they've been running, we think? Yes, they're going to change up their, their base defense. So in the past, they've gone um, with the 4-3-5, if that adds up. 
four two five. No, four two five. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, sorry, it's early. Yeah, that that would have been twelve. <laughs> um, so in the past, they had a four two five. Now they'll be at a three three five, um, which will be a little bit different. Um, they're going to have more of like you know that that nose guard, nose tackle up front, um, which a lot of Big Twelve teams have struggled against that three man front, and I think that's why Gundy wanted to make that switch as their base defense. Um, but it'll change some things up as far as personnel. You know, I think of Colin Oliver that was, you know, stud freshman edge rusher in 2021, um, even had a really, you know, good year last year too. Um, he's going to move back to, you know, stand-up linebacker there in, in the second level. Um, so that'll probably be the, the biggest change of the defense. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good move from a personnel standpoint too because they were really thin on defensive linemen with how many guys they lost last year. So they might have it might have kind of forced them to make this change too. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of, of of line, when the offensive line they do lose two fairly well regarded offensive linemen, is this a group that you think is like status quo or step back or, or is there a chance for improvement here? I think the fact that they were healthy this spring, I think there's a, a good chance that they're a lot better next year. Um, they couldn't do anything as far as you know practicing last spring because of how many guys were out um, due to injury. Um, I think by the end of spring practice last year, they were down to six like healthy offensive linemen. And I think some of those were even walk-ons. So, you know, you think about trying to do, you know, team drills and inside that, you know, you can't do that with six, only six guys. You're not going to get many rotations. So I think, you know, Gundy even mentioned the fact that, you know, they were healthy this spring they're already, you know, ways or steps ahead of, of what they were midway through the last point or midway through last season. So, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement there. Absolutely. Uh, defense, uh, it really did fall off a cliff, which I, I think we expected some kind of step back because they lost a ton of experience off that 21, they, they, 21 defense. They, they lost Jim Knowles to Ohio State coordinator-wise, and, and obviously they made another co- coaching change as we just talked about. They do lose their top two defensive tackles, at least by snap count, maybe not by talent, but but by snap count, they they were the top two guys. They bring in some transfer linemen. Is this a group that we think can be similar to, despite the losses? Yeah, I think so. They've got some some up and comers there, um, guys that just didn't really get a whole lot of snaps because of you know some of the the veteran guys that were in there, um, and then they brought in a, a transfer too. That's that'll be. I think a, an impact player right away, um, but just kind of run through those names. So guys they have coming back on the defensive line, Colin Clay uh, and Xavier Ross, I think are two guys that have been here a while that I think it's kind of their time now to, to step up. Um, and then Justin Kirkland is a, a transfer from, from Utah tech, I believe um, big six foot five, 340 pound, something like that. Um, nose tackle that has really impressed this spring. Um, I think he was probably the the guy that was talked about the most, you know, when when talking to Gundy and players and stuff, just about just the surprise of the impact that he had right away. So, yeah, I think the defensive line will, will be better. Um, but again, it's it's definitely going to be a change with this new three man front and um, kind of how how the personnel is going to fit into that. It, am I right to expect to drop off at linebacker with, with, with Cobb and Martin gone? Yeah, I think that's where they're they're going to struggle. Um, you know, having Xavier Benson back is going to help um, just with his experience there. Um, you know, Colin Oliver, is, he, he has experience there at that position. That was pretty much what he played all through high school. 
Um, so I, I think that's not going to be something completely new to him. You know, he mentioned he's, he's comfortable playing that position. Um, it, it'll be a little bit different um, than, than what he's had in the past. But, um, yeah, I think those two will be pretty good. Uh, and then Nick Martin is another one to, to watch out for as well. Uh, and then uh, Justin Wright, the, the transfer that, another transfer that they had it from Tulsa, uh, four years experience there. Um, I think he'll probably fit into a starting role as well. So they've got a, a few new pieces in there. Uh, I think the talent's there, but how everything meshes again is, is, is the big question. That, that Tulsa team, by the way, was like sneaky top-end talent. I think they, they had seven or eight guys who either transferred to Power 5 or got drafted by the NFL. It's like, Yeah, and, man, and Oklahoma State got two of them in, in, yeah. uh, in Anthony Goodlow and, and Justin Wright. So, yeah, they, they definitely didn't have to go far to, to find some transfers for sure. No, no doubt. In, in the secondary, um, it feels like they have a lot of important losses here, but I know they also had a bunch of injuries in the back end last year. What, what, what do you make of this group? Yeah, definitely a lot of new pieces. Um, the, the big one coming back is Kendall Daniels. Um, he was a co-defensive co freshman of the year last year in the, in the Big 12. Um, I think he's going to have another really, really good year. Um, I think his ceiling is really high, and I think he's kind of only scratched the surface there. But, um, you know, one of their starting cornerbacks is gone in Jabbar Muhammad, um, but they do return Corey Black, who, um, again, was one of those guys that was kind of in and out last year with injuries. Um, but I think Cam Smith will take over one of those starting spots there. Uh, he's been been pretty good this spring, or was pretty good this spring. Um, and then safeties, um, you know, I think, like I mentioned, Kendall Daniels. Uh, and then there's some other guys there, too, that are, are younger, um, that need to, you know, just kind of get some more snaps and experience. You know, Lyric Rawls was one of those guys that, you know, really looked impressive in, in the bowl game and made some big plays um, and just, you know, Size-wise, he stands out, you know, walking around during spring practice when, when it was open to us. Um, you know, he was one of the guys that really kind of stood out just as far as his, his stature and size. Nice. All right, so special teams-wise, Tanner Brown was pretty valuable for this team in, in some important games. Now he's gone. What do you make of the kicking situation? Did they bring in somebody that, that can help? Yeah, so they actually kind of lucked out with this whole, you know, extra – um, year of eligibility to the COVID year and that Alex Hale was able to come back. He was actually the wow. starter huh. in 20, trying to remember, 2020. And I think he was like a, a semifinalist for the, would it be the Lou Groza Award? Is that the, the kicker one? Wow, yeah. So I think I huh. think getting him back is, is going to be good. Um, he had a just kind of a freak knee injury that year during like warm-ups before, before Bedlam or something. Um, and just kind of lost his his rhythm and everything like that um, last year. And Tanner Brown ended up taking over. Um, but I think I think having Alex back is definitely a security there. Um, you know, he's got experience kicking in, in pressure situations. Um, but yeah, I think I think kicker will be all right. Nice. All right. So, Cody, where would you say on this roster, what position group other than quarterback is the biggest drop off between starters and reserves? Oh, I think it's probably got to be the secondary just because of the, the experience that they lost. You know, Jabbar Muhammad was, you know, basically played two years, you know, one year as, as more of a backup role. And then last year as a, as a full-time starter, um, you know, I think about all the, the safeties that they lost from last year. Jason Taylor was an NFL draft pick. Um, you know, Thomas Harper transferred out to, I believe he went to Notre Dame. 
Um, just just a lot of pieces there that that were really experienced. That were kind of the leftovers from that uh, that 2021 defense. That was that was so good. Um, that I think there's just a, a lot of new pieces coming in there that don't really have the the experience. That it might be some kind of trial and error just to to get you know get things worked out in the first few games. Awesome. Cody Nagel, GoBooks 24-7, the best site for Oklahoma State coverage out there. Appreciate the time. Thanks, bud. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hey guys, welcome back into Bud Elliott's Summer School. Today we're going to talk a little NC State do that i'm gonna bring on my friend Corey smith of pack pride Corey had you on last year really happy to have you back on again here on cover three and let's let's talk lindsey state yes sir let's do it all right so 2022 a ton of guys came back off a really strong 2021 team and people kind of thought maybe that's the year they they make the leap because they did bring so much back but instead they they got worse eight and five offense was kind of problematic at times before Devin Leary, the quarterback, got hurt, and then it just completely fell apart once he got hurt. Defense was still pretty darn good. Uh, not to go negative off the bat, does it feel like they missed their window or, or, or missed a, one of the better windows they're going to have? Yeah, it definitely does. You know, you look back at last year, and you mentioned, I know Tim Beck's offense was your absolute favorite. Uh, you look back at, you know, all the all the running back passes, all the all the passes behind the line of scrimmage, and – and some of that was because of the fact that the wide receiver core just wasn't up to what they wanted last year. You know, you bring back, obviously, Thayer Thomas was great last year. You bring back Devin Carter, and, you know, Thayer Thomas was what he was, and, you know, he's not a, a dynamic receiver. He's a great, uh, you know, third down safety valve, a guy that can get you some touchdowns, but, you know, not a game breaker. Uh, Devin Carter really wasn't either. And I know you just talked to uh, the guys of West Virginia a little bit ago, and, uh, you know, Devin Carter going there, I think, is a great fit for him because he's a big receiver, has a chance to you know, be a playmaker over there, but wasn't great last year. And obviously all of the injuries, Devin Leary going down, uh, and then MJ Morris, a guy that, you know, stepped up and looked like, you know, was going to be the savior at the end of the season. Then he goes down and you know, they're forced to re- the lean on Ben Finley, who's now uh, entered the transfer portal and, and ended up going to Cal. So uh, for NC State, you know, going into this season, uh, it's it's a lot of – you know, hope that guys can step up in big spots, uh, especially with losing Drake Thomas and, and Isaiah Moore, guys at the middle of the, the linebacker position that were so reliable in the last several years. Uh, but you look at the offensive side of the football, you're hoping that you're bringing in a guy in Robert and I that can really change things too. Let's let's start there with the nod. This offense was 104th in Bill Connolly's SP Plus offensive ratings last year. So there is there's room to improve, okay? And like last year, the run game... I thought 
they ran the ball a lot, but not efficiently at all. Like their efficiency metrics for the run game were terrible. The pass game was okay. And then that, you know, fell apart once Devin Leary went down. Anais had some really nice offenses. Virginia, Syracuse. What what have you seen as far as the changes that, that he's implementing for NC State? Well, you know, the one big game that we got to see was the spring game, and and that happened to be uh, during pretty poor conditions here in Raleigh. So uh, we didn't get a chance to really see what they want to do. Now, we did see Brendan Armstrong still throw 28 passes, but also threw two picks in that game. So, you know, not a great sample size of, of what you expect from this offensive system. But, you know, everything that we've heard from people out of, outside of, you know, the practices and things like that is the fact that they want to go to more of like an air raid system I just, again, I don't know if the wide receivers are there. Uh, you know, some some guys that have really stepped up in this system so far have been two true freshmen, uh, Javante Vereen and Kevin Concepcion, and we'll see what they're capable of doing this year. But how much can you put on those guys uh, to really kind of elevate this system? You know, again, the hope is that Brennan Armstrong can step up and be what he was last or you know, two seasons ago under Robert and I. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the early feedback so far is the fact that you know, they've, they've really implemented the system, and, and the hope is that uh, they can put a little bit more in terms of the downfield threats than what we've seen in the past, uh, especially under Tim Beck over the past couple of seasons. Armstrong last year at Virginia, and obviously it's excusable, Virginia's offensive line w- was a mess from, from you know, the word go last year. Uh, have you heard that he's looking back more, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but closer to what he was? in 2021 when he was with an eye that then to what he was last year at UVA? Yeah. I mean, you know, everything we heard from the beginning of spring camp was he came in and just instantly, you know, reconnected and looked really good in practice. You know, early on, there was some talk of like, Hey, MJ Morris is going to push Brennan Armstrong. And uh, you know, is, is, is this a, a real quarterback battle? Everything we heard early on was that Brennan Armstrong just took full control, uh, looked like QB one, uh, at the, start, the very start of camp, you know, MJ Morris caught up at the end of spring camp. So I'll be interested to see what ends up happening uh, during the fall. But, you know, everything we heard so far out of camp was the fact that Brendan Armstrong looked like his old self. Uh, now, again, he's going to have to prove that on the field once you get out there. You know, again, the, the one sample size we saw was spring, uh, the spring football game. And, you know, he throws two picks in that one, one of them kind of a silly throw. And the other one, you know, it was uh, apparently, again, your favorite running back pass here. Running back didn't come back. It was a, a true freshman that didn't come back on the route. Uh, but yeah, this is a you know system that's going to have to prove itself. And Bernard Armstrong is looking to do the exact same thing. And I think you know him and Robert and I getting back together, I think is a, a great fit for what NC State wants to do. They want to retool. They want this offense to have a completely different look. If MJ Morris doesn't push for the starting spot, doesn't really get on the field, he has a chance to really learn the system for an entire year and and hopefully do everything that Brennan Armstrong is capable of doing this fall next season. And if you are a new listener to Cover 3 or if you never checked out Bud Summer School before, I, I don't hate running back passes if they're wide open because the defense has forgotten about the running back. I just hate them as let's build our offense around constantly throwing the ball to running backs, which seems to be a lot of what NC State did in the last few years. They were always uh, always top 10 in the country in terms of percentage of their passes that went to the backs. And shockingly, defenses kind of figured this might be coming and it wasn't always the most efficient way uh, to move the football. Now, those backs weren't always the best at running the ball. Part of that may be due to the offensive line. I, I have to ask you here, so they lose two all-ACC offensive linemen uh, off this unit. Is there a concern here? What, what do you think the level of play will be from the offensive line? 
Yeah, at those spots, actually, you know, at the end of the year last year, one of those guys being Grant Gibson, who was a All-ACC center two years in a row for NC State. You look back at the end of last season, Dylan McMahon, who was the right guard and left guard kind of fluctuated between there. He's actually a true center. So he moves into that role at the end of last season, looked good down the stretch. And actually, you know, from from what we heard during the offseason, there was actually some NFL teams that were reaching out to him, trying to get him to enter the draft, essentially, and and take a look at the NFL seriously. Uh, NC State ends up, you know, kind of through a little bit of NIL and things along those lines, was able to bring him back and early returns that he's looked good at the center spot. Uh, then, you know, the real question mark, obviously, being you, know, you lose a guy like Chandler Zavala, who – you know, last year uh, played the left guard spot the entire season and was a great fit there. Guy that was able to get, you know, some open spots across the middle of the field for running backs and, you know, leave Devin Leary open early on in the season and every everybody else at the end of the season, uh, whoever was there uh, under center for NC State. But, you know, so far the early returns are that Derek Eason, once he's healthy, will fit that spot. Another guy is named Lyndon Cooper uh, that I think has a chance to really kind of push for that spot. He was a you know, highly rated guy out of out of Georgia, uh, and actually was MJ Morris's uh, left guard uh, early on in his, in his career before he came to NC State. So he's got a chance to to really fit that spot. Uh, and then you know some other guys to to know in that mix too, not just Lennon Cooper, but you know, Dawson Jeremillo that came over from uh, that came over from Oregon. You know, is expected to be kind of a you know six player uh, along this offensive line. Can play guard. Can play tackle. Uh, so I expect for him to be able to, you know, really be able to utilize that uh, this upcoming season and, and be somebody that, that can fill multiple positions for NC State. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You mentioned using NIL to, to retain players. It's obviously a great use for it. I, I was pretty impressed that they were able to hold on to MJ Morris as well. I don't really have a question about that, but like that's a guy I figured if they brought in a, a transfer would himself hit the transfer portal because he did show some nice flashes at times uh, last year, but I guess he's, you know, he's really believing in the staff and going to stick around to be the guy uh, in, in, in 23 or in, in 24. Shoot. I should probably know what year it is. That's uh that's a good news. This, this is 2023 summer school. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and MJ is an interesting one because, you know, we obviously there was some guys that entered the, you know, the spring transfer portal pretty late. And there was some talk about the fact that, you know, some NIL collectives maybe had gotten to them from, other schools and MJ Morris was definitely one that heard from, you know, from some outside uh, people, some outside collectives uh, that were coming after him, particularly some in the SEC that were, you know, kind of pushing for him that didn't feel so good about their starting quarterback or, or their backup quarterback and maybe, you know, could bring him in and have two years of him. So, uh, you know, but NC State again was able to knit that in the bud and, and bring him back for the upcoming season. And, you know, the hope is that, you have a, a strong either backup quarterback this upcoming year or, you know, somebody that can be in their rotation and, you know, some goal line packages, things like that, and then look towards next year to really have him as a, a, a productive part of this uh, team and, and really learn Robert and I's system as well. 
Talking to Corey Smith here of Pack Pride. Make sure you check out Pack Pride. I do for all my NC State needs. They do a tremendous job. Let's shift over to the defense here. Uh, a, a very strong defense that occasionally, I don't say like gave up, like the, the dam kind of broke because they realized the offense just wasn't going to score at times down the stretch. Always played hard, but it, you could tell they were a little frustrated. Uh, how much of that did you get in talking to these guys, you know, kind of on and off the record uh, as, as the season wore on with Leary out? I mean, you didn't really get a ton from the players, uh, but you could you could get that sense. I mean, you're right. You know, there was there was some clear frustration. You could see it on the sidelines at times last year. But you know, this is a unit that, if I remember correctly, obviously, you know, we we forget some of these stats after basketball season and things like that. But they were one of the only teams in the country, I believe, after the bowl games, the only team in the country that held every single opponent that they faced under 30 points last season. So this is a, a defense that prided itself on on limiting what the other team was doing. The unfortunate part, as you mentioned, you know, between whether it was Jack Chambers or Ben Finley or you know MJ Morris, kind of early on, uh, all of those guys struggled to to really get the ball moving. Uh, and you know, once you you know, the hope was that hey, MJ Morris is going to be the guy that's going to revive this team. And then it, it didn't happen. It didn't materialize because of the injury. Uh, so there was some clear frustration. You know, they got up for the big games. Obviously, UNC at the end of the season, they got up for and played a really sound game against Maryland. Unfortunately, again, the offense didn't really uh, materialize in that one. So you lose some frustrating games down the stretch, particularly you think back to Louisville. And then Maryland was a very winnable game for them in the bowl game. And, and all of those could have led to, despite the offensive struggles, the defense kind of carrying them to double-digit wins last year, and and none of those things ended up happening. So am I wrong to worry about the loss of defensive lineman Corey Durden and, and Josh Harris? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's some – that's a, those are pretty big losses, I'm not going to lie. But uh, when you look at NC State, they're able to slide a guy like C.J. Clark in that position uh, that was a – you know, had the had a chance to be, you know, an all ACC type player two years ago before a season ending injury. He was worked in last year. Uh, everything that we've heard so far early returns on him or that he has a chance to really be a great player at the center of that defensive line. Uh, they get a guy like Savion Jackson back. that's going to be on the outside can slide to the inside uh, when Davin Van is in there. Uh, and then you get you know everything that we've heard so far. A guy like Jakevius Hibbler uh, is one that's been a little bit of a surprise uh, he goes by Red Hibbler as well, a uh, JUCO transfer that came in NC State and has a chance to to really fill that gap. So, yeah, you're losing a lot in Corey Durden, and and obviously Joshua Harris was somebody that you know played really really well for NC State when he was asked to uh, lost a ton of weight last offseason and and came in as a, a great player. You know, going to Ole Miss, I think he has a chance to be in a, a good rotation there. Would have had a great chance at NC State too, but uh, yeah, I just think with the the emergence of CJ Clark. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall that he was going to be the starter this upcoming season. So after Corey Durden goes to the NFL, you know, he ran out of eligibility too. So it's not like he left NC State. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, you know, a guy like uh, Joshua Harris that leaves the program, I think CJ Clark has a chance to really, really uh, shine this upcoming season at that defensive tackle spot. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, just, I see him on my screen as being gone. I have to ask, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, NC State always develops big guys. That they never are just terrible on the defensive line, typically because of the great job that the program does with their strength conditioning and, and their you know, their scouting and player dev. So, uh, I'm curious if the answer will be similar when I ask you about the loss of Isaiah Moore and Drake Thomas at the linebacker position. 
two guys who I think the other 13 ACC schools are extremely happy uh, to see no longer playing in Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about losses, those are much more significant. You know, the the hope is that Devin Betty and uh, other guys that have, have waited their time, Jalen Scott is another one that's waited his time. We've heard a lot about Caden Fordham, a guy that could really step up along those linebacker spots. You know, the, the one positive for NC State they get back, you lose Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore, two of the most productive players in NC State history. Like, Isaiah Moore is the only player to ever wear the number one jersey more than two seasons. And for those that don't keep up with NC State, that's your that's the biggest leader on the field. That is, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, the guy who wears the number one jersey in Dave, Dave Doran's system is the biggest leader on the field, and he wore it three years straight for the things he did on and off the field. So Isaiah Moore, massive loss. Drake Thomas, one of the most fiery linebackers you're ever going to see despite being you know somewhat undersized, uh, according to NFL metrics. But you, know, you get a guy like Peyton Wilson back uh, last season – you know, kind of worked his way back into the system after having a season-ending injury the previous season. Uh, the hope is that he's fully healthy this upcoming year. If he's fully healthy all year long, I feel really, really good about that linebacker position still because of what he brings to that. Uh, the big thing is going to be the middle linebacker spot, who steps up there, uh, and who's really the guy that shines at that position because that is massive for what NC State wants to be able to do in a three-three-five system. Yeah, the, the, those, those stacks they keep w- w- with those guys that get back there, that's that's usually really impressive. I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Uh, in the back end, so three of the top five, according to snap count, are gone. And I, maybe I'm wrong to not be that worried. I, I feel like they're good at corner safety. I have more doubts. At, can, can you set me straight there? Yeah, you know, safety is a, is a big one. Uh, okay. if, if you're worried about linebacker position, uh, you're worried about safety too because you had two – you know, one guy that was all ACC multiple years and Tanner Engle that's now gone. And I talked about fiery players like and, and undersized players that that lived up to expe- more than expectations. Tanner Engle is one of them. He was a guy that was terrifying across the middle of the field. Uh, and then you, know, you lose a guy, too, in, uh, in Cyrus Fagan that has been a really big player for NC State, transferred from Florida State uh, and became a big fit for, for what they wanted to do. You also lose Dariq Pitts, but... He kind of faded out at the end of the end of the season. Uh, Aiden White was first team All ACC last season at the cornerback position, uh, and then Shaheen Battle was a guy that could compete for you know first team All ACC uh, duties this upcoming year. Didn't quite have the stats, didn't have interceptions or a pick six or anything along those lines, but he's just a really sound uh, you know cover corner over on the opposite side of Aiden White. That I think those two can play off of each other this upcoming season. They've got potentially one of the best cornerback units in the ACC. Then you look at the back end, you mentioned, you know, the safety spots. Sean Brown is a guy that we've heard has stepped up in a big way this this offseason. Uh, the hope is that, you know, for a young guy, he can step up and be, you know, a great fit for that. Uh, and then, you know, a guy that didn't play much this offseason uh, was Devin Boykin that, that really fit that safety position, was in a rotation last year. Also, you know, out of necessity, played some nickel last year, so I think he could fit there. Uh, and then another one that you know they've had come in uh, this offseason, ODU uh, transfer guy that only has one year left, and Robert Caldwell. Uh, he has a, a great chance to really you know step up in the system too. So they went out and got some needs. You know, I completely forgot to mention him, but Noah Potter along the defensive line was somebody they went out and got too. That was from Cincinnati previously from Ohio State. So they went out and filled some of those needs with uh, some transfers that I think have a chance to really step up. And Robert Caldwell. Uh, along that, you know, that nickel spot, Torrente Hinton is another one too that could push for that. 
those guys have a chance to really step up this season too. So Dave Doran has won seven or more games in eight of the last nine years, basically every year since he took over the first year. Let's go ahead and throw that out the window. That was a little, little strange situation. Do you feel pretty good about their ability to get back to at least seven wins this year? I do. Yeah. I mean, I saw the odds came out last week, six and a half, I think is the number from DraftKings. I'm sure Vegas will probably follow a pretty similar number there. Uh, but I do think this is a chance, you know, we we talked about it before the 2021 season. Everybody's like really, really down on this team after 2020. And, you know, I not talked us. a lot about do what? Yeah, I know. I know. We, I remember we, exactly. We in, we, oh, we yeah. Yeah. We both thought, you know, they would, they would definitely exceed six and a half. And I think there's a chance that they can get back to eight, nine wins this season. And again, a lot of that is going to be reliant on a guy like Brendan Armstrong. How good is he in this system? How much does he step up? You know, you look at the you you look at the non-conference, and obviously Notre Dame is is a little worrisome. You start the season with a, a potential, you know, speed bump there, and UConn on the road to start the season. UConn that was a team that you know down the stretch last season looked significantly better than what we expected from them. But you know, and then in the ACC, you know, they they do face Florida, or actually, I, I believe they missed Florida State this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then they they do have to face Clemson, obviously. You know, Wake Forest is going to be a tough one, but uh, they they have a chance to you know to potentially you know meet that eight nine uh, win plateau that I think they've hit for the last several years. I don't know that you're going to be pushing for ten, but you know if a guy like MJ Morris really develops the offseason, they have a chance to really push for that the following season. Corral, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this one. So, what's the position group in your mind that has the biggest gap between the starters and the backups? Ooh, that is a that is a tough one right now. I think if I had to say the starters and the backups, the biggest you know difference would probably be the cornerback position because you know Aiden White, Shaheen Battle are guys that have really you know stepped up. You look back at last year, like I said, Aiden White became a first team All ACC player initially at the start of the season. People didn't even know if he was going to start, uh, and he was a guy that really stepped up. So you look at those two uh, at that that cornerback position. If either one of those guys goes down, that's a, a major concern for NC State because there are guys that can push for that, but there's not any guys that are that are that good. Uh, and it's it's also a concern because you have such youth uh, at the you know the nickel position and at the safety positions that those guys are are really your front line this season, and you need them to step up in a big way. So if I'm looking at the biggest gap there, yeah, it's the, it's the cornerback position with Aiden White and Shaheen Battle. Corey Smith, Pack Pride. Appreciate you joining Bud Summer School. Yes, sir. Thank you as always.